NHL fantasy. Tom Penny. Our consensus ranked number uh, five is DeAndre Hopkins, but he's done it with with bad quarterbacks in the past. Tom Savage, the, the most notable. Now he's with Kyler Murray in an offense that wants to spread the ball around. I don't see there's any reason why he isn't going to be uh, a top five wide receiver. Scott Mill. K-Makers on a redraft league, I think he goes first because he's going to an offense where he can easily take over Daryl Henderson um, or Malcolm Brown, whoever it is. Corey Dows. So this is Mostert's backfield more than likely. He went out and earned it, you know, in the playoffs, in the regular season. He looked fantastic. He clearly has the skill to be a lead back in this league. Craig Penny. The guy to play in the slot, which is Russell Wilson's bread and butter. And that's exactly 100% what Tyler Lockett did last year. He finished as wide receiver 14 with four weeks below four points. All right, top shelf fantasy. And before Scotty's little comment gets taken out of context, that was whether or not who do you take first, Cam Akers or J.K. Toppins. <laughs> I think still the rookie running back is C.E.H. Um, right. So before that gets <laughs> taken out of context, um, Top Shell Fantasy, we're going over our last division, NFC West. Um Check on the site for all the past divisions. We got them all on there now. Um, this should be up. Yeah, so this completes all the, the podcast, NFL. Yeah, this is the so completion. We've done a Thank you for taking this the ride completion. with us. Yeah, this is, this is a completion. big... This is a big step. It's, it's been just a like lot Jimmy fun, G's uh, completion percentage. Complete. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go over that. You'll get that joke in a few minutes. <laughs> right. Um, Scotty. Again? Get... Well, yes. Get into our website into our listener league you'll have a chance if you sign up for the website to get into our listener league again signed kenny galladay detroit lions authentic jersey free swag all you gotta do is win the league should be easy enough right we're just a bunch of schlubs at uh in the studio recording stuff we're nothing you can take I, us I mean, down it's it here, here's the thing you can come in free sign up join the league treat it like a mock draft Check it a couple times, and if you win, you get a free Kenny Galladay jersey and a bunch of swag. That's the best way to put it. You swag. show me another mock draft that is giving I'm, you a Kenny Galladay signed jersey with a certificate of authenticity. You have to win. If you win. Right. You're not going to beat us. Yeah, I mean, unlikely. But if we finish first, I think we'll probably just give it a second place. We'll give it a second place. Yeah, this, yeah we're, not, we're not keeping it. I, I mean, we're going to taunt you for being bad, but like, you know, we'll, we'll give we'll it to you. We'll, yeah, we'll we're still it. taking the bracket. If you're not first, know. you I, be second. I, I, think, I think the way that America is going Bobby, right now, we, we shouldn't be doing the participation award. It's like, you have to beat us. Yeah, but I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Where, you can be second. You can be third. <laughs> Hell, you can be fifth. I was here when I said that. Um... So again, Top Shelf Fantasy, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY, TopShelfFantasy.com. Go ahead and subscribe. You get the you get the entry into there. Um, I don't I don't I mean, we're going back to back right now on uh, off of the NFC South. So I don't think there's really any news that we need to talk about other than just pretty much jumping right into it. Uh, Everson Griffin was just signed by the Cowboys live on air. That's it. That's the whole news. <laughs> I mean, it's just, not a fancy guy, but just the Cowboys beefing up their defense. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. The Cowboys. Good Carrying on. Divisions. Carrying on. Um, all division. right. There will be no more singing on the podcast. That's a promise we make. I can Anytime somebody says out. Ryan Fitzmagic. Well, okay. Well, that's <laughs> we're going to sing for Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, so, NFC West. 
they face what? The AFC East, the NFC East. So AFC East, Pats, Bills, Jets, Dolphins. East is, or NFC East is the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. Who knows? See, Everson Griffin was and very poignant. And who do poignant. they quit? They play, who's the starting quarterback for the Dolphins? Oh, 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 oh it's magic. We made it a, ho- a whole 50 <laughs> seconds until week three. Where two or two two yeah. will be starting well, that's to win my bet against that's a different yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so all we gotta do is go into Brian Flores' ear with the Fitzmagic with that clip. That's true. Go, oh, Flores was in the ear. All right. Oh. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. All right. So <laughs> doesn't even matter anymore. Brian Flores, if you're hearing this, I know you are. Start to it. Ow! Get to cut that clip for future oh, sure. ones. I can't wait to end this and go cut it out. So Tom did our last division, NFC West. I'll have Tom get into the uh, 49ers. Yeah, so uh, the 49ers, the 13-3 49ers, led by Jimmy Garoppolo and, uh, like, four running backs. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, the The 49ers are, are interesting. When you look at them right off the bat, we see we got 98 vacated targets and it, it, 124 vacated rushing attempts with, with Matt Breida gone. So I sit here and say to myself, so. who's the running back? That I want in San Francisco. Because I really don't want Jimmy G. I really don't know that there's a wide receiver if Debo Samuel's missing eight weeks. Who's the running back, y'all? Petey Jones. The running back, y'all. He's not on the team, though. Oh, Ca- no, care- careful. <laughs> there, there honestly could be, like, a, the sixth-ranked running back, Petey Jones. You never know. He's going to come out of nowhere. This is what this team does. So, I, for me, though, it, it's Raheem Mostert. Right. Yes. 100%. Um, we heard that. Yeah. And as, as you heard at the top of the podcast, he's earned it. He showed himself in the playoffs. He showed himself in the regular season. He has big threat ability, but he also runs the ball inside. He's not afraid of contact, but he's also shifty. He's really a complete running back. He's not. I'm not telling you that he's in the top tier. He's not CMC. He's not Zeke. He's not Saquon. But he's very, very good on a team that likes to run the ball a lot. Raheem Mostert is my guy, but I'm very, very fearful that Tevin Coleman could easily overtake that job or at least be not a, not even an RB2, but a 1A, 1B with you know Mostert. I think those are the two guys to be wor- to be worried about. Matt Breida no longer there, of course, helps them get more touches. Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon doesn't worry me. Not to be honest. quite honest. Yeah, he's, I totally. He has. He's still, he, I mean, he just has so much to prove before he's a, even a thought in my mind. I'm worried more about Jeff Wilson than I'm worried about freaking fullback over <laughs> McKinnon. Well, also, check, baby. Yeah. also the dart throw of the year that I already put out there, Jermichael Hasty. You got to watch out for him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so they have. A I lot said of it's a, he's a, he's a little compact bowling ball. He's um, he's Devontae so Freeman. I actually, just looking this up, Raheem Mostert led the league in running backs last year in yards per carry, five point six yards per carry. Well, he, he also you rushed know, it one hundred thirty seven times. So I mean, comparing it to a guy who's rushed it three hundred times is not a fair comparison. I'm, well, I, I'm not add, diminishing that at all. Add in one hundred twenty three carries, which were Matt Breida's, who ranked fifth in yards per attempt, was five point one. The point is, the offensive line gets it done. The running back is going to be able to produce more than five yards per carry this year. And I think that's obviously Raheem Mostert. Yeah. And I, I bring up the question, really, because when you think about San Francisco, you think about that backfield, right? You don't think about Jimmy Garoppolo, who threw it still 476 times. You think about those three running backs who all had 100 rushing attempts 
adding up to a total of like 60 to 70 targets. You take one of them out of the picture, it's going to be the Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert show. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo can still support. I mean, he can definitely support George Kittle. I don't think there's much to say about him. But it, for me, I don't know which way to go on this backfield, to be completely honest. I think it's going to be a very even split, and they're both going to be RB2s. Oh, I mean, you look at it. You, you, you mentioned the even split. Tevin Coleman, 137 rushing attempts. Raheem Mostert, 137 rushing attempts. Matt Breida, 123 rushing attempts. Right. That's as close as it gets for a three for a three-headed backfield. Right. So, who knows? It, it, they could do the same thing. You know? They could each get, like, 200 carries. Right. You know, you, and you want to keep <laughs> your guys healthy. Could. Tevin Coleman has struggled with injuries throughout his career. Raheem Mostert is, is, is so fresh and so green that we don't even know that he's going to... We don't, we don't know if he has an injury concern. We don't know if he's going to stay healthy for a whole year. We don't know if he can carry a full load. Maybe 137 is his cap. We don't know. We, don't, we right. know so little about the guy with such a small data set. But, you know, 5.6 yards per carry is nothing to scoff at. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, there there will be some regression as far as the yards per carry goes. Uh, what will be interesting is to see how those those touchdowns are uh, distributed. I mean, there's 450 uh, attempts on the ground and a total of uh, where 22 rushing touchdowns scored by this team. All you know, <laughs> 19 of them coming from the running backs. Debo scored three on the ground, but you know we know Debo's got a foot thing right now, so. I don't know. We'll, we, we, we'll chat about that. But I think from a running back perspective, I think it's very easy to see Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, improve on what they did last year and get themselves kind of in that RB2. Well, and, and I don't know that I need to keep get, we keep harping on it. but No, but and, and you mentioned Debo Samuel has the foot issue. The most interesting thing, interesting thing with this team is what they're going to do when they're not running the ball. They have right. limited wide receivers. You know, and that's being generous. You have Brandon Ayuk, who's a rookie. We have no idea what he's going to be capable of, capable of in the NFL. You've got George Kittle, who I believe we all think is going to get his, and he's going to he's going to be a, a top five easily tight end again. Right. But then who else at the wide receiver position while Debo's hurt? I mean, it's, he's expected to miss at least the beginning of the season, the first few weeks. You know, right? So four to six Ken, weeks. Kendrick Bourne is that your guy? Dante Pettis, maybe he'll be serviceable yeah. for the first year that since people I mean, yeah. are calling for it. I would I, say Kendrick Bourne yeah, yeah, yeah. or Ka- Ka- Jalen Calm down on D- Dante Pettis. No, Trent Taylor was a guy that actually missed all of last season that I think that would be able to produce fairly well uh, as their second receiver. Richie James was someone that was actually used two years ago a lot. So Trent Taylor um, worries me for a couple of reasons. He's like 5'7 and like 115 pounds. Right. Well, and he, nice, I mean, he has, he, has dur- he has durability concerns written all over him, and he already missed all of last year. I mean, I think this is a this is a team who ran the ball 450 times last year. That that that's going to end up getting up to 550 carries. Like I I really think this team is going to be running the ball more often than they're passing it. I mean, and somebody somebody tell me I'm wrong, but if you don't have Debo for four or six weeks, I don't know how that helps that offense. And I don't know from a from a fantasy perspective. Are you willing to take any of these wide receivers? Like, I'm not. And I, I don't know that I'm willing to take a shot on Debo late. Um, I mean... You I have to be willing love, to sit. You yeah, have to I mean, be... He's, he's what what Alshon Jeffrey was last year. and um, Golden Tate last Golden year, too. Tate, same thing. You know, there's... And Julian Edelman, who sat out four games one year. Like, you, you have to know that they are going to produce, but you have to be willing to have them sit and have a replacement for the first couple of weeks. And you can gain some value out of that. 
Um, you know, there are those exact three, you know, types that we just said that will produce later on in the year. So I would say that, you know, they are drafted and, and, and DBO Samuel, I can't remember what his ADP was prior to the injury, but I would say somewhere in that fifth, sixth round. Now he's going somewhere between 10 to 13. Um, you know, that's actually not a terrible value. Uh, especially when we talk about we don't know who's going to be the actual wide receiver here that really kind of takes off um, because Debo is realistically the one. Uh, but but like we said about Ayuk as well, you know, even when Debo comes back, he'll be involved. Um, he's being drafted somewhere late in the 13th to 15th. Yeah, I mean, with me, I know in our um, our podcast league, we took Brennan Ayuk in the last round more because, you know, what if week one comes, Debo's out, he produces sure great but in almost every redraft league i'm staying clear of all san fran wide receivers yeah i mean jimmy garoppolo who i have not secretly been a big fan of i'm a big fan of him and i haven't been shy about that didn't prove to me last year that he is going to run a high powered passing offense i mean 476 attempts great 70 almost 70 percent completion great but he only threw for he threw for under four thousand yards 27 touchdowns, which isn't bad, but 13 picks. They were not a pass-first offense. They ran the ball a ton, and with no wide receivers this year, I don't know. I don't. I don't expect him to continue that. To even to continue to do as well as he did last year, which was not. It was QB 14 finish. So that's outside QB one, which means he's not startable in standard one quarterback leagues. And I don't see him getting better. I mean, I'm sorry, but I just. I wish that he would be better, but I don't. I don't personally see it. And if Debo's hurt for anything over two weeks, he's not going to be able to climb back up those ranks. And, right. nor, and, and no wide receiver on their roster is going to help them get there. I don't think Ayuk is going to be a killer off the bat. I, I don't think he's a guy who comes in and changes your offense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily. I mean, it's a guy you're willing to take a shot on, but I don't know that it's necessarily a guy that you put in the back back of your pocket and say he's a bye week villain. You he's, know what I mean? He's like, more of a guy that there, if he goes that, off if he goes off in week one he's or two, the one week you pick him up. Prayer, if not, drop the guy for someone else. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and that's it. You can do it that way or like I was just trying to say, like if if he's he probably won't get drafted. So if he goes off in week one, spend a good chunk of your fab in week one on him. If you got a hundred dollar fab budget, twenty, twenty five bucks is not overspending for him. If he goes off. drop sixty five. Yeah, well you know, I like to lie to you. Guys. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said twenty five, so he's really gonna go his full hundred. <laughs> the full, the full thing, blow again, the whole load. But again, no, no wide receivers on this team. Also, you know, uh, tangentially hurts the running game because the defense is gonna go. Okay, I have to guard Brandon Ayuk. K done easy. That's one cornerback. Now I have ten more guys to stop your running attack. Yeah, I mean, but ar- arguably, I mean, it. it we don't know what the huge gap between Ayuk and Debo is, and realistically, it was Debo and and Kittle last year from a passing perspective. Right. You know, so I mean, right. I I think the rushing game's still there. I think there's a lot of questions on San Fran from a passing perspective, but I think that rushing game stays consistent. So let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who um, they're an interesting group. Um, they they went seven and nine last year. <laughs> They have 156 vacated targets. They have 98 uh, vacated rushing attempts. Cliff Kingsbury and his beautiful air raid system comes in and passes the ball below average. This is a guy who forced five wide receivers on the field multiple times last year 
and and failed to pass the ball more than the mean of the league. Um, and then they bring in DeAndre Hopkins. So you sit there and say, okay, well, right. I just you, I just gave Jimmy get... Garoppolo grief over four seventy six four seventy six passing attempts for thirty nine hundred yards, and now we're going to talk about Kyler Murray with five hundred forty two attempts for thirty seven hundred yards. Right. That's not a prolific passing offense. It's it's not a good one, but when you add DeAndre Hopkins into it, <laughs> the biggest does it get, does it get better? <laughs> yeah, right. You, you would say Tom Brady maybe the biggest um, the name biggest name to change teams, and then DeAndre Hopkins is a close second. And you could honestly swap those, and I wouldn't. I this wouldn't is argue a with trade him. too, where we right. knew Brady right. was leaving. We had no idea. Hopkins no, nobody. Was leave. I would say nobody saw this coming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way that I look at this team right now is I go there's 254 plays up for grabs and that's if everything remains consistent and they still run the same amount of plays that they ran last year and they're still middle of the pack if they can run more plays because now they have a better offense and they're not turning the ball over and other offenses aren't grinding it out on their defenses what does it look like do they become a top five uh uh, offense and what does kyler murray look like because i can tell you right now passing stats alone I would not be touching Kyler Murray. But then you add his 544 yards on the ground and four TDs, and I go, I want that guy. I want, yeah, right. That's Josh Allen. And, and what you're going to see from <laughs> Kyler Murray is a huge focus on lowering his overall interception totals at 12. He's, he will not throw 12 interceptions again if he, if he has his way. He will probably, with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, go for about 25 touchdowns if he can you know, follow his actual plan that he lays out. And he'll look to fumble the ball less than five times. Which he did last that'd year. Be, that'd be helpful. So if he yeah. can improve and have you know even just a, a moderately improved sophomore season, I don't see any reason that he can't be more effective. Eclipse four thousand yards on the season. He's got the talent around him to do it. Between DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitz, uh, Christian Kirk, Kenyon Drake, um, who's the other running Chase back? Chase Edmonds, Edmonds yeah. Andy, Andy and Isabella, Keyshawn. Jo- there are Pete Max yeah. Williams. There's pieces on this team. Yep. In which Kyler Murray should not fail. Mm. It, oh, makes me, it makes me beg the question, Craig. Is Cliff Kingsbury the, the issue? Because Kyler Murray's, what, passing the ball? 6.9 oh. yards per attempt. Nice. Um, I, I don't think... Cliff Kingsbury kind of failed upwards. And and I, I, I see it is an issue where it's a new it was a new style introduced last year. And I think that they just had a lot of pieces that... We're not really, you know, football ready, um, you know, rookie uh, Murray, rookie or uh, second year Kirk. Um, obviously, they had Larry Fitzgerald, but, but you know, even Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, the other wide receivers that got involved were also rookies. So, you know, within the system, I think it's something that definitely needs to be grown upon. And I think that, uh, that adding in the top receiver that, you know, is going to take two defensive backs away opens up a lot because the way that his scheme works is that they, they have crossing routes. There's really there's three reads every single time. Uh, Christian Kirk was trying to play that last year, and he's just not that type of outside receiver that's going to get that done. He's more of a slot guy, and I think that um, you know he'll be able to see an uptick. You know, even had 108 targets last year. Uh, maybe the targets come down, but his actual production value goes up. Um, you know, some some you know positive regression there. Um, I, I think the running game obviously takes a little bit of a step up to having a full season with Kenyon Drake, uh, rather than having David Johnson go out there and really not care at all. Um, you know, having issues there. So, 
You know, we'll see. I, I think that there's a lot more, you know, positivity going into this team this year. You know what is a, a little funny? Uh, you said David Johnson went out there and didn't care, and I think that's what we all agree. He didn't look like he really cared that much out on the field. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry, and we talked about on the last podcast, Todd Gurley averaged 3.8 yards per carry. So if one guy looks like he doesn't care and the other guy's out there trying his hardest and they're averaging the same amount per touch, that's problematic. I mean, for the guy who doesn't care, it's it's even more problematic for David Johnson going off to Houston. I mean, we don't need to get into that. We've already done our Houston review. But if Kenyon Drake can go out there and care, because he is still coming off a Dolphins team that, I don't want to say disrespected him, but either misused him no, or no, didn't no, no, value no, him. No, 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 no. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. <laughs> disrespected the hell out of Kenyon Drake and his 5.2. I don't... By playing Kalen Balage in front, fuck. Gase. By playing Kalen Balage in front okay. of Kenny Drake, he should tell be. Me about Gase. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this guy. No, I mean, tell us how you really feel. I don't like it. Especially, I can't wait till we do another. Through these division previews, we have twenty minutes of Adam Gase talk, oh, or, or shitting on Adam. We Gase can talk. sink that into one. Th- I mean, because we've seen a lot of players come from Adam Gase that have succeeded. We have Kenny Drake, we have Ryan Tano. Just those two alone, and then us shitting on Caitlin Ballard. I mean, look at and then look at Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Parker. Devontae Parker. We Preston have Williams. Of, Preston. Well, well I'm not. He, no, he wasn't he was part there. of Gaze, but I thought he was. Uh, he was a rookie last year. I thought he was second year last year. We, no, no, we we got our fingers crossed my mind. on. Robbie but he would have been. But he would have been. He would have been. Yeah. <laughs> you got to also but, think about the Adam Gaze would have been. So guys, forget about So so that's the thing is like there are negative views on Kenyon Drake because of his time with Adam Gaze over in Miami, and those are things that I think we can kind of you know justify saying put it out of the mirror, wipe that slate clean. There's really nothing that you can look at there for future value. I mean, he ran 5.2 yards per carry when David Johnson was supposed to be a top three running back in the league, ran the 3.7. So obviously they're doing something right. There's a player that can actually produce on the team and that offensive line. And they have an offensive line who likes to run block. Right. And and they did, it took them, um, you know, some time last year and it was the year before that. It was the worst offensive line. It was the year that David Johnson had his wrist injury, I believe. And they, you know, he was going to go for the 2,000, you know, yards, 1,000, 1,000. But the thing is, you know, they did revamp it. They worked on it. That was something they focused on. Now they focus on the passing game. The running game is going. I see good. I see big things for the team, at least. What what worries me as far as Kenyon Drake, though, is not him personally. It's Chase Edmonds. I think that Chase Edmonds is a hyper-talented running back that as long as he is healthy, is going to steal a lot of work from him. Whether it's running the ball, whether it's doing the receiving work, whether it's a mixture of both, I think that Edmonds is a very, very talented running back that will cut into Kenyon Drake's usage. And I think it's smart to do so. No, I, I agree. 5.1 yeah, yards per carry, too. 5.1, I mean, exactly. Both these guys are over the four touchdowns. Yeah. You know, the, and the, the that came in a week and a half total. Yeah, right. But unfortunately, he went down last year, and they had bringing bring in Drake because at that point, Edmonds was still hurt for a right. four and, to five weeks straight. And, and the Cardinals handled it properly. They didn't rush Edmonds back. They said, listen, this is a hamstring injury. They linger with you if you don't treat them properly. Get healthy. Don't come back before you're ready to do it. And you know what? Kenny and Drake came in, and there's no need for him to hurry back. So, perfect. But this year, if he's fully healthy, I expect him to use him because he showed that he deserved to be on the field last year. Yeah, I I, I actually kind of use back, backfield as more of a split. But but don't tell Scotty that because he needs to still He's trade to get me to, uh, Chase Edmonds in, in Dynasty. Uh, <laughs> so so don't tell Scotty that. But I I think that this backfield is going to look a bit more of a split. I think Kenyon Drake's the winner. Kenyon Drake has eight had eight TDs last year and 123 attempts. 
And uh, I, I think Ken and Drake ends up being the first guy that you should select, but I, I also agree. I, I don't like that conversation. But <laughs> what was that? I want Chase Edmonds in Dynasty. Oh, I just told Scotty I'd give him a second-round pick for Chase Edmonds. I already offered him oh, no, a second-round yeah, pick, and he, and he turned it down. I'm, I'm ready to give him a first-round pick and, and ask him for Chase Edmonds and, and something else. Well, you, get about 40, you get about 40 first-round picks. So oh, I'm so I was listening to a podcast trying to do the intros, and our joke last year was, yeah, just toss in Chris Godwin. <laughs> you remember those trade <laughs> yeah, talks God. with Jeff? Was, yeah, just toss in Chris yeah, Godwin. Yeah, just toss in Chris Godwin, yeah. Yes, that's a that's a shout out to the commish. Uh, All right, nice uh, trades. Wide before, before yeah, before we move on, we have to talk about these wide receivers. Um, DeAndre Hawkins, in in my mind, is a lock as a top five wide receiver. Does anybody disagree with that? No, I believe I have him as top as top five. Yes. Okay. Corey wants to disagree with it. I have him as six. Okay, I think that's close where, enough. Yeah, I think that's where I have him too. But that's I, I, I think, I think really what the yeah, what the conversation yeah, that I want to yeah. what that I want to have about the wide receivers, and we're going to make it a, a quick one before we move on to whoever the next team is. Is there another wide receiver option on this team? So yeah. there's yeah, Larry yeah. Fitzgerald, there's Christian Kirk. Who would you rather have? In my opinion, it's Kirk. It's yes. Kirk. It's yeah. Kirk. It's yeah. Kirk. Yes, I, I love Larry Fitzgerald, and I respect what he's done in this league. But it's Kirk. He only gets in the way of. Yeah, and, and he's he's in a great weeks. wide receiver still. I mean, he's out there. He's talented. He's a great route runner, gets open, gets his space, and he will get his touches. He'll probably be a flex play by the end of the year. I mean, quite honestly, in the, in this offense, where you have to focus on DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald's probably going to have some numbers. But those are the guys that own, is Hopkins and Kirk. Yeah, and I, and I think that when all said and done, I think you know Kirk's going to have more targets and receiving yards, but... Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is probably going to get more touchdowns. There's really no tight end on this team, and he's kind of the big guy that you know they'll be able to look at in the red zone outside of Hopkins. Obviously. And I say it all the time: Larry Fitzgerald loves the block. If you if you he saw to block. if you saw Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> lined up on the end of the on the edge of the offensive line, I wouldn't even be surprised this year. Would not be surprised. Not even one percent surprised. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love Larry Fitz. All right, one more thing on the Arizona Cardinals before we move on. Eno Benjamin. Is there a week in which all of us take an Arizona Cardinal wide receiver as a dart throw like we did last year? So you're saying that Isabella's, the Hakeem Butler's, the Keyshawn Johnson, and Trent Sherfield. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we, yes. we, I mean, yeah, we'll have some I fun love with that. It. No, I mean, that's where it's, <laughs> that it's awesome. I mean, it's easy. Who gets who gets Hopkins? Who gets, oh, get, it's a dart throw. So we can't do Hopkins. <laughs> no, it's a dart throw. Okay. So yeah. it's Sherfield, and it's that's, Butler. That's week one. Isabel, all right, all that's right. a week one dart throw. Um, Tim's right. Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, <laughs> we'll fight for it. Um, Seattle. Yeah. All right, Russell Wilson. He's a top ten quarterback for all of us. Guy chucked thirty one TDs, six picks last year. Played all sixteen games per usual. Uh, rushed in a couple two tray rushing touchdowns. Um, I mean, one step further on Wilson. He's a top five quarterback for all of us. Is he a top five? Yep. Okay. Beautiful. Even better. I mean, so I, I've, been, I've been a Russell. Pre, yeah. premier quarterback in the league. He's, he's a, a boring fan. top five. And okay. It. Exactly. Yeah. I've, been a, I've been a Russell Wilson hater my whole life, but I'm just, I'm, I'm giving in. Like, you can't, you can't hate the guy. He's such, one, he's a cool dude. Two, he's phenomenal at football. And he just, Corey just laughs. He's like, yeah, I just don't want to like him because he beat the Patriots. He named his kid like Win or something. It was stupid. Eh, well, you know what? <laughs> You know, people do weird things. But, no, I mean, either way, he's one of the most consistent 
uh, fantasy quarterbacks out there. And I, I think every year I've, I've been the guy that's like, oh, no, he's not going to do it. This year, this is the year he's not going to do it. He's going to have the talent around him. Right. He's going to do it. He's just going to do it. Like, I don't care if he had no receivers or if he has the best talent in the world. He's made it obvious. He's going to be, like you said, he's going to be a top 10, and I think he's probably going to be a top 5. There's not a lot of stuff to indicate that he's not going and his to ta- continue. And his talent grew this year. Because right. another year of DK Metcalf, another year of Lockett being the primary guy, another year um uh, or not another year but you know bringing in another tight end like Greg Olson you know having Will Disley and him you know just being good blocking you know tight ends adding Philip Dorsett didn't hurt either adding adding uh Carlos Hyde helps because yes. I feel like yeah. taking Rashard Penny out of the equation yeah, the less he actually the helps yeah I mean <laughs> that's that's I think that's another aspect of the offense and maybe we'll we'll just touch on that real quick Chris Carson and, and Carlos Hyde Scotty you're a huge Carlos Hyde fan and I shouldn't say huge. I'm not a huge Carlos Hyde fan. Last year, I was a fan because he went to the Texans when they didn't have anyone after Lamar, and he was a flex play at best. But he was a consistent eight to ten to eight to twelve points per week running back, where it's hard to find in as a flex play. He comes into a situation where it pretty much says, "Hey, Rashard Penny's not ready for Week One." Might not be ready for a while. Chris Carson, he's our guy, but he's also an injury-prone guy. You have a guy like Carlos Hyde who is not as good as Chris Carson, but he has done so much in so many years for so many teams that this is why he's brought back for so many times. I mean, no, I, let's just lay out the staggering stat for Carlos Hyde. Is, is <coughs> you, He came into the Texans, and, and everyone's like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, he's going to get, you know, 100 rushing attempts. That's, you know, that's fair. He'll be a good flex play. 245 rushing attempts. The man can still do it. Yep, and he no, played every game. He can still do it because he's shockingly young for a running back. I mean, not for a running back. I shouldn't say for a running back. But he's shocking for the NFL. Right. Like, so he's he's the, the future Frank Gore. Right. Where he has already played <laughs> a decade. And, and he played behind Frank Gore when he started. And he's, yeah. I know. I, I still forget the fact that he was the starting running back for many years in San Francisco. So, I was going <laughs> to say, I, well I was a huge Hyde fan when he was in San Fran. And I've kind of, not, not soured on him, but I, I've cooled down on my love for him. But this is a perfect situation for him. A team that needs a running back. I mean, Chris Carson. Very, very serviceable. Went over 1,000 yards last year. Seven touchdowns, 278 attempts. But like Scott said, it's injury prone. But it's also fumble prone. He has shown that he puts the ball on the ground. And if we know one thing about NFL coaches across the board is they do not tolerate fumbles. Carlos Hyde. I mean, Chris Carson comes in and drops the ball a couple times. Carlos Hyde's the guy. Period. The end. Yeah. Okay. And I bring this up because, Scotty, you see the value in Carlos Hyde. We all see how talented he was or has been or whatever. The Seahawks... Saw the same thing to bring him in. They likely are going to give him everything that Rashad Penny and CJ Procise and Travis Homer had on the ground, right? And, and Lockett, I mean, there was a handful of guys that had a couple sweeps. And it's likely that Carlos Hyde cuts into Chris Carson's production just a bit. Enough to make it where Chris Carson's touches drop below 250 and Carlos Hyde's hitting 150. I mean, look at... Last year, like towards the end of the year, Carson <coughs> kind of broke down. They had to bring in Marshawn Lynch, right? Towards the end of the year, because you know they, there was no one else out there. Now they're like, All right, we got to bring in a guy now, just in case something happens. Yeah, and you said sub two fifty for Carson. He had two seventy eight last year. It would not be like I thought the perfect number for him with uh, Hyde coming in is right around two thirty. Like you steal almost fifty right. touches from him. 
you allocate those to Hyde. You pretty much say Rashad Penny kick rocks, CJ Prosize kick rocks, Travis Homer kick rocks. Right. You're over 120, 130 touches for Hyde right there. Yeah, right. And and, and, and I, I think it's a phenomenal number. I just I just want to kind of keep going on my train of thought here is that if you take all that away from Chris Carson, what are you getting from Chris Carson? It's a back that's maybe getting a thousand yards and like five TDs. Carlos Hyde is a big thorn in Chris Carson's side. Yeah, he is not happy that he's there. I as a fantasy owner, I would not I don't want Chris Carson shares. I really I don't want to say that I don't want to touch this backfield because it is a team who still wants to run the ball a majority of the time, right? I mean, and we, we've we always looked at that. Craig's not as head. Yeah, was just, volume, the, the volume, point I was, volume. The right? point I was going to make is that it's year in and year out. You know this team wants to run the football. That, like, that is not going to change. It's the same thing with the San Francisco backfield. That's not going to change the fact that they just want to run first. I don't have the percentage, but it's definitely more than pass plays. I would at least I would at least think, um, and you know, Chris Carson still may end up having those 230 touches, whereas last year he had 278 uh, as far as rushing attempts, um, and and you know, Hyde and uh, you know he'll be able to have, you know, you said 150. I, I can see it being in that area if if he is getting his groove and, and Chris Carson gets somewhere around 230. I can see it being in the 180 range, which is actually. You know, it's better than what Ronald Jones had. We just went over Ronald Jones in the last podcast, and he had 171. Um, I I definitely just think that this is that's what they've been trying to do with getting Penny involved, and and obviously he couldn't do it because he can't stay healthy. And having another running back that can stay healthy and be on the field like Hyde will be exactly what this team wants to do. You know, they have two wide receivers that can go over the top. Um, you know, Lockett's more of a burner than, than Metcalf, but Metcalf is obviously a burner in himself and is just huge. So that's just, He's I think just what they're, huge. that's huge. what their game plan is. Like it's imagine, another, imagine being six, five, two forty, and a burner and run four, <laughs> ran a four, three. Right. That's okay. Decent. Yeah. So, all right, let's transition off the run game real quick, because I think we kind of hammered that point, but because you bring up a, a, a great point about Lockett and DK Metcalf, you got two guys who aren't one-dimensional guys. You have a two-dimensional offense with with their second dimension. Both of them are two-dimensional. You never know what Lockett and Metcalf are going to do. Yeah, how you like that? You yeah, my inception. You my brain in a pretzel. <laughs> with the second dimension, but they you are. Never, you never know if Lockett's going to be running a slant route or if he's going to be running a go route or is Metcalf running an out or is he running a post. I mean, this offense could honestly be a lot of trouble. For right, and, if, and, if, and if Metcalf can continue to develop his route running skills, which I think he's going to because he's clearly a hard worker and he clearly puts in the time and effort, and he's got Russell Wilson helping to coach him through, like, I need you here now and I need you there then. He's due for a huge, huge uptick. And that's to say, I didn't think he was going to have a huge year last year. I thought they were going to ease him in. He had 100 targets last year. He only had 58 catches, so he can improve on that catch percentage. But you know what that is? is a limited route tree. He's running flies. Right. He's running deep posts, yeah. low percentage catch plays. If he can add, you know, 10 more routes to his his his, his uh, capable route running patterns, yeah, he. there's no reason he couldn't get 120 targets and then also up his catch percentage to that 70 percent range mm-hmm. so he's due for a huge year i think and i think lockett is you know consistently around that you know low 100s you know what do you catch last year for a percentage like 
Yeah, I mean, he, he his last year's percentage was seventy, almost seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah. And, and this he's, is what, he's a great receiver. And and so Lockett the year before that, um, it was it was QBR was the stat that I had used when I was working on his breakout article was that uh, when Russell Wilson passed to uh, Tyler Lockett, he had one hundred fifty eight point three percent or one hundred fifty eight point three point uh, quarterback rating, which is the highest it can get is is in some of what I just said. So lock it with someone that Russell Wilson can rely on being a guy that's always going to get it, that DK Metcalf is, is now able, like you had said, to you know work on some other things. Um, and they have that availability because they know Lockett is such a go-to guy. Um, you know, he did have uh, more of the, the role of Doug Baldwin when, you know, he had left and, and Lockett now has that. But DK Metcalf... Six, this is the number that he, he'd even posted something not, not too long ago, and he's still pissed. 63 guys got taken above him in the draft. And, and he was easily the, the best wide receiver, I feel, in, in many ways. Uh, if you look at actually all the wide receivers that were taken a, a before him, even with Marquise Brown, they did not produce as well as what DK Metcalf, uh, you know, he had 100 targets, but he what he will do. He had 900 receiving yards last year. That is going to go up. DK Metcalf is a huge breakout candidate this year. And, um, you know, hopefully they don't take an Antonio Brown and add him to the team or, or some other type of wide receiver because this this guy would be a perfect, um, you know, fantasy draft value because he is looked at as someone that could be one-dimensional. Uh, whereas, whereas he's not. And, and uh, he has that grind. He's still hungry. And he's, he's right. going to learn... Uh, from another guy like Lockett, you know, obviously total opposites in size, but someone that's able, you know, Lockett as well was late draft pick, you know, right. grinded it out. Um, you know, they, they learn from these guys. This is, this is a very well coached team that has a lot of experience. That's going to help each other. It, Craig, it's a bunch of dogs. <laughs> yeah. Pete Carroll got passed on the pats. <laughs> Russell Wilson is a late round draft pick. No, I mean seriously though, and like Chris Carson. I mean, it, you you it, take yeah. these phenomenal athletes and they they get that edge and they make careers off it. They've done. I mean, across all sports, it's happened forever. And you like like you mentioned, Craig, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are diametrically opposed in body type and and, and appearance, but they play a very similar game. They have similar skill set. That's why they both absorb the Doug Baldwin role. Like they split it down the middle, and they were they managed to both have effective years. I expect that to continue. Like I, I think I've kicked that dead horse enough times at this point. That yep. horse is dead. The Rams. <laughs> okay, so I didn't know how to go into the Rams, but I think this might be fitting. Did that intro help you? I, I, I think this might be fitting. <laughs> it is a lot. So a lot of people, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people have a dog house. I have a gaze house. If McVeigh the... doesn't turn this around, it's gonna be a Gase McVeigh house. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Gase McVeigh, yeah, yeah. Gase McVeigh. Joke, but... I mean, McVeigh came in as the Wonder Boy and has quickly, and then, quickly regressed. And, and every, that's what I'm saying. Every He's defense a... is like, yeah, I know what. And you said about light. Um, <laughs> you... so no, yeah, we said uh, last year they started off decent week one two. In the offseason, we said. McVeigh has to change his, his offensive mindset because defenses are going to pick it up, just like the Pats did the year before that in the Super Bowl. Yep, and right. they did. And boom. And nail on the head. And you saw people in the NFL getting jobs because they, they, they shook uh, Sean McVeigh's hand one time. 
Right. And, and, and now he stinks. I mean, he has very so, good hands, but that's a different well, pocket. Well, <laughs> the, the, this, this but if, was but if my... He, if he loses his job, or if he loses the ability to be an effective offensive mind, that spells disaster for a lot of coaches in this league. So, so this is where I was going with it, is that Gase somehow was this quarterback whisperer. In the league, Did and now all of a sudden he's, again, he's, no. he's a... <laughs> no. I'm not different from McVeigh, no way. <coughs> right, and now McVeigh is some sort of offensive genius. Right. Uh, let me, before we get into anything, lost Todd Gurley, lost Brandon Cooks, you lost Blake Bortles, and, and another complimentary wide receiver. You brought in a rookie running back and a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, you and, lost Todd and, Gurley. And you still have Jared Goff. You lost Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks, and you brought in a rookie running back and a rookie wide receiver. How does this offense improve? Because I don't think it does. So I think Cam Akers can be an effective running back. Nah, off the bat. I totally the, disagree. The rookie We've right already back, done this. The rookie running back can, you're talking about. He can only... I'm sorry to go, go for it. He can only improve on 3.8 yards per carry. There it is. That's exactly what See, I was going to say. I... I'm sorry. I think no, I, I, I love it. Love the support. Truther, and I don't like. If I was the Rams, I would much rather Todd Gurley this season than K Makers. But it it comes down to that spot where it's like, well, we could approach the draft K Makers and get rid of Todd Gurley for the future. I get right. that, but as a fantasy, as, well, as an NFL team for this year alone, I would rather well, they, an injury prone Todd Gurley. They than have to do it because they paid Jared Goff a billion dollars, and they paid. Brendan Cooks, who they have eventually right. sent away, but but yeah, you know what I mean. So they're they're sitting there saying we can't pay Todd Gurley a fair salary, fair market value. But they did. They yeah. still ate his contract. Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and Brendan Cooks, and they had to get rid of two of those guys. I think they're just thinking, you know, two years down the line, we still have to horrible, pay Jared, Jared Goff. Decisions. What's Jared Goff making? Twenty eight million dollars. And, and, and I totally agree with you, Scotty. Like this team got into a complete cluster. It got messed up. And they had to bail themselves out by getting oh, rid of two of their best. And Higby's players. a top, a, a top three or top four paid tight end even before last season. That's disgusting because that of his disgusting. blocking ability before he even had. Depends how much they're paying relevant. that defense. But they, oh, the defense is out of out of control. But they gave Jared Goff a top quarterback salary in the league what two years ago when they gave him the new contract. You mean for, the year for, that Todd Gurley carried them to the Super Bowl for twenty? Right, right, but, exactly. But for twenty-two <laughs> touchdowns and sixteen interceptions, I don't mind the Todd Gurley signing a couple years ago because what he did to get him right. where they were. Right. And he didn't have arthritis. He earned injuries. Suck. No, he, he earned, earned it. it. Jared Goff never earned it. He was no. he was the beneficiary of an offense led by Todd Gurley right. and a defense that was solid with he, phenomenal wide receiver. Phenomenal wide receivers. And then he goes out last year where he's expected to finally carry the team. Togarl is kind of banged whoa, up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. He, his his team did not change year over year. He had the same... He signed that massive contract, and he had the same team and fell on his face. Yeah, he got worse. Jared Goff's a bad quarterback. 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 62.9. Combined, we're just a complete Terrible. downfall. No. Yeah, right. I mean, still 9-7 and seven because they... Their defense finally changed the offense up at the end of the year. That's why Brennan Cooks was a non-factor. That's why Tyler Hibby was a factor. They they did a lot of short passes. Todd Gurley got in the end zone more. It worked, but but they were also playing so well with a. I, I do well. They're paying a a high salary to Brennan Cooks, who was a non-factor for for six. And weeks, they're also playing garbage games. 
like end of the season right. against doesn't matter opponents because they're both on the playoffs. They're playing not to get hurt, throw the ball around, who cares football, and Jared Goff pads his stats and gets up to 4,600 yards. He should have finished the season at 4,100 yards, probably, uh, I don't know, 18 touchdowns and 16, still 16 interceptions. Like, he's not good. He padded his stats right. against terrible opponents in games that didn't matter. That doesn't impress sure. me. Fantasy-wise, that's important. Well, you want you want a quarterback down the stretch? Grab the guy off the uh, the the Rams who aren't making the playoffs. What 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 concerns me about Jared Goff, and I know this I'm, I'm making a quick transition here, but there's 126 vacated targets and 231 vacated rushing attempts. So I think this team's taking a step back from what they did last year. But that's more than 300 plays. That's 360 plays that have to go to somebody. And you think they're going to the rookies? Because I don't. I, I think they're I'm, I am so torn that I, I'm literally sitting here and saying that Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers are splitting the running work. What about Daryl Henderson? Daryl Henderson's taking all of the targets that, that Todd Gurley got. The running year. work, I'd agree with you, but Van Jefferson's not getting 120 six targets no i think uh, oh and i totally and i totally agree with you there and i i actually think that the team runs the ball more than they did last year it takes away from some of the wide receivers i don't think robert woods is as good as initially people thought well you know what might make this team better is if if jared goff doesn't throw the ball 626 times and throws it 500 times that might make the team better well they also improved their defense to midway through the year last year with adding jalen ramsey um, Did they add Marcus Peters last year too, or is that two years ago? No, I think that was two also years ago. Ago. two years ago. But 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 either way, Still like great defense. I don't know so my defense. They, they, they did add some some linebackers in, and I think that's what they want to get I back to. Um, and, and that's that's the point is uh, you know they did see what what they did last year didn't work. Um, and I think that they do want to get back to the running game. I'm I'm still maybe you know alone on an island, but. Uh, I think Todd Gurley did hurt the team. Um, it, it may not have been his arthritis. It may have been the offensive line, whatever. Uh, but the run game itself ob- is obvious on paper and, you know, through the eye test that it did not work that well. And I think that that's what they want to get back to. They want to have a defensive football team and, you know, run the ball a little bit more, you know, get get more quick intermediate routes out there. And that's why they got rid of Cooks. I, I think it's just a philosophy thing that I think got away from McVay. And I, I don't know, uh, you know, realistically if Goff is the answer, but I do, I do see, you know, a little bit more, you know, I guess a simpleton type of offense. Um, and, and, you know, Cooper Cup is still going to be able to be Cooper Cup and he's still going to be a wide receiver one. And, Robert Woods is probably going to be in that wide receiver two area. And Tyler Higby, like you had said, you know, came on last year. They, they seem to be too cute in the beginning of the year and they kind of figured it out that, you know, you kind of get back to some football plays, um, you know, re- regular NFL stuff and, and see how well that they can go from there. I mean, they still finished nine and seven, um, you know, the, the – and it's hard to cut you off, but that was on the back of the defense. That wasn't on the back of the no, offense. It wasn't. I mean, right. McVay, That's what I'm McVay ran an anemic offense. I don't see how you getting rid of Todd Gurley and Brennan Cooks makes you a better football team offensively. So I sit here from a fantasy perspective and I go, I want Cooper Cup. You know, and to some extent, I want Robert Woods. Yes, those are my, those are my guys. I don't want Jared Goff, but I want Robert Woods. I want I want Cooper Cup. Um, I would probably take Tyler Higby late, and that's really about it. Like right. very, 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 very. But late. I mean, to, to Craig, your point, I, think that, I think that the team, I'll pick him up. 
the team can He's drafted. Yeah, it's just more or less like fantasy wise, probably not. I I I I hate on Gurley because of what he did last year. I don't um, know that that was but, a function of Gurley. We'll figure that out but, this but the, year. Yeah, but that's the point, out. is is that even with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, they, they all had 3.7 or 3.8 yards per carry. The run game did not Shot get going last bet. year. I just don't think Shot gun their, off, guys their, are their offensive line sucks. And and, and, and that and that could honestly be it. May, maybe there there's a, a cloud over Todd Gurley because of the offensive line. Uh, but but that's the thing that they need to get back to, and that's the thing that McVeigh did so well in his first two seasons. But hold on, Tom had a shotgun bet for us. I had a shotgun yeah. bet. I had a shotgun bet. You put this on Todd phone, Gurley's actually? Todd Gurley's yards per carry over under four point zero with the Falcons. With, with the, the Falcons? Falcons compared to what he had with the Rams. I, he's going to do he's going to do better than 4.0 for the Falcons. I can't I can't say. Okay, uh, then you can't say that it was Todd Gurley. If he can do 4. better. 4.0 is is anybody taking the under? No, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think, think anyone's going to take the under because he gets into a better it, position. What if we put it to 4.5? I'll take the under. Under 4.5 time going to take the over. 4.5. I mean, 4.5 is like that. I mean, that's... I mean, the there, top there of only, the league... There was only three guys who averaged five yards a carry this year. Uh, Raheem, there's three I'm, of them on the nine. I'm, I, right I am... I am... I'm telling you, right... Well, right. It's a small sample size, and I wanted to make a, a stipulation. It had to be... Christian McCaffrey at 4.8. Josh, McDan- Josh Jacobs, 4.8. Ingram, 5. Nick Chubb, 5. Devin Singletary, 5. Derek Henry, 5. Matt Breida, 5. I was going to take the over. Four point five is a fair is a fair number. I'll so take you what all, I'm trying to you guys tell all you. Want to take the under? Okay, let let me just let me just get back to what I'm trying to say. Yes, Todd, you're saying that it was Todd Gurley's fault for that that rushing game being anemic last year. No, but it's now, not. All of a sudden, if you listen to what stop, I said, it could no. have been the offensive line. The okay, then then you don't know what the issue is, and and I feel like I we had a long discussion. I was just saying the Rams offense, the okay. Rams offensive run game anyway. was a problem for their team. You're you're, you're I, it's you opened McVay, it up in you, my you, yeah, you opened it up hating on McVay, and I think that's wrong. Top shelf listeners, the Penny Boys are going to take this one outside. Yeah, I'm, we'll have I'm, the I'm, video I'm, for you on Twitter I, later. I, I don't think it's wrong to to take it out on McVay at all. Um, and that's why I said McVay that I think stinks. that I think that Todd Gurley is actually going to have a better year with the the Atlanta Falcons than he did with the the um, where are Rams. they Los Angeles uh, the, Los, Los Angeles, Angeles yeah. Rams yeah. St Louis. Louis North Dakota Rams St Louis right. yeah um, St Louis Rams and the San Diego right. Chargers Let's if unless you want to rebuke that No uh, no that's All right then we're gonna run through the recap Recap San, Recap 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 them movies Ooh. That needs to be a, a thing. I don't even know if that's from it, but it's in, hilarious. Intro. Yeah, don't no. worry about it. We'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> San Fran, Tim Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Kittle. Yes. Yes. Debo. I mean, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna where, take him. Where where? Real quick, give me one round number, Scotty. Go. I if he was in round twelve, I'll take him, but that's all. Oh, wow. I was gonna say nine. I'm not gonna right. hang on this guy for ten. Four weeks. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Monitor his news. If they say he's not going to be back till week eight, I'll drop him. Okay. But it's a waste of a ninth round pick in my in my hypothetical, which sucks. Cardinals, Murray. Ooh, excuse me. Come closer to the mic. Don't. Hopkins. Uh, Murray, Drake, Hopkins, Kirk. That's it. 
Yeah, that's it for me. You can say Edmonds. Chase, 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 Edmonds. Say Edmonds. No, it's yeah. not Edmonds. Edmonds you can okay. pick up probably. I don't I mean, think he's not going in most leagues. Yeah, he's he's right. not a draftable guy. To yeah, start. exactly. Sure. Unless, sure. You're, unless you're drafting 20 rounds. Like, he's not going. Uh, Seahawks, Wilson, Carson, uh, Metcalf, Lockett. Yep. I mean, we, we had a big discussion about I mean, Hyde, but Hyde I don't could... know that Hyde is draftable. Disley, if he keeps uh, continues to improve physically. Um, keep an eye on him because he practiced today. All right, we'll, we'll we'll keep updates on Disley and then the Rams, mm. Cup and Woods. Akers is going to be. And I like top. I like Akers. thirty guy. He's going to be. Drafted. Yeah, no, that's true. That's so it's, to, it's unfair not a, to include. It. So Akers, Akers, Woods, yeah. Cup, Higby, Akers, and then yeah, yeah. But then also Brown or Henderson become the handcuffs, and they're worth drafting. But that's a Carl Scott yeah. Edmonds kind of thing. So. Yeah, it's, it's we'll, so, we'll yeah, have we'll again, have that conversation. It's a different conversation. All right, so that wraps up all of our divisions. Um, Not bad. That was that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work uh, between a yeah, lot a of lot different of things that I think too. we had. I think yep. I think really at the end of the day, and what what's interesting to see when we do this stuff, right? If I, if I, if we do a recap on this. How many vacated targets rushing attempts there were for a team? And then what teams they play. Right. You can find out where the best opportunity in the best schedules lie and say, that's the team that I want to start targeting in fantasy. That's where I'm going to get my value. You're not winning your draft in rounds one, two, three, four, five. Right, exactly. You're winning and, them in eight, six, seven. And when, when you pull this data out and you eight, put six, it into seven. the into these into five, the, three, oh, nine. But if you if you <laughs> if you pull this data out and you put it into these these compilations of uh, spreadsheets like we've done, you start to see a lot of stuff that you would otherwise miss. Like I, I consider myself pretty up to date on a lot of fantasy football uh, information, and I'm running through typing in uh, typing in all this information to a spreadsheet. I'm like, wow, I did not know that. I did not realize that the Falcons had 200 something vacated targets. Like that was news. Jimmy to me. Garoppolo's completion percentage was completely sexual. It was totally nice. <laughs> when 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 I mean, Kareem Hunt came it, it back, that's with him though. 40 it does. Right. Kareem, right, exactly. So there's a lot of stuff buried in here which again, if you didn't listen to the past uh, divisional podcast, go back and listen to him because there's information buried in there that will help you win your league. But on top of that, I think we should probably make these spreadsheets available to the public. Nah. But maybe not the nah. public, maybe just the subscribers. You know, no, this is this is something that that I, I I will say that if we, if we have subscribers, I mean, if we're you, year two on this podcast, right? We're we're building out our our capabilities. This is something we've now built a foundation on, and I can guarantee you something that will be out there for the people to to consume. Yep. I'm not doing it for the public. I'll do it for the people who give a shit. Yeah, if, if you subscribe oh, yeah, to our down. podcast, we'll send you this raw data for you to pour through. It's somewhat sorted, somewhat formatted. Despite you'll, our, you'll, our you'll data. hate the ones that I did. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll clean it up for you. But a lot. but you know, there's there's got to be benefits to subscribing, and that's one of them. You get some raw data that we 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 take the time we compile. We spend hours doing this. There you go. That's gonna help you win your league that's if you it, look at it. it. You say hours. That's a how you doing when moment you, right days. there. When you talk man hours on this thing, this was a full work week. This spent, was yeah. spent forty five minutes, <laughs> and they can tell. You know what? Ask my boss. He'll tell you it was a full work week. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Corey been? Yeah, he hasn't done anything <laughs> for a month. Tom, you're not looking at our screen. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm looking at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, 69 completion percentage, and my pants are down. You don't <laughs> um, know anything about my life. <laughs> All right, that's that's uh, that's the NFL. That's the NFA, a, 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 boo. NFL. NFC <laughs> West. 
Well, no, that the it, entire it, NFL. Yeah, the entire NFL. Done. We're yeah. done. He's done. He's we done. got. We have. Okay, so coming up and in a we, lot of we, good we've stuff. spent about five minutes rambling. We have coming up updated rankings. And then explain yourself where we go around and call each other out. Yeah, and so then that's so gonna week, be a cool one. So the updated break. rating, updated rankings will be on topshelffantasy.com. They will also Scotty. be probably proliferated yes. out to Twitter yeah. and Instagram, maybe Facebook, just like some captions and a link. But the Explain Yourself podcast is gonna that's give gonna you a, a lot of insight last, into where we're coming from. Also, the energy you got in the last ten minutes of this podcast will be the entirety sponsored of the by. Uh, oh, we are gonna be oh, yelling. Sticker mule. If if I don't throw a punch during Super the explain real. yourself, I'll be surprised. <laughs> Damn it, I'm closest to you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why are you doing that? And, All right. and, then, and then our picks: breakout sleepers, bust, uh, dart throws. My guys. And, and that's gonna be where back. you get the draft bounce back, back bust. Yeah, yep. there you go. It's all, all that, coming. All and then bold stuff. predictions. Bold predictions. Like Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. What? Scotty's Scotty's going for three one thousand yards again. I mean, again. I fail next last year, so might as well fail again this year. Just keep checking the dart, man. <laughs> yeah. I just can't wait for And then I'll explain an entire season like I did for Cincinnati last year. I was going to say, um, we'll have one podcast as Craig's bull prediction is a fucking story. (laughs) (laughs) Craig has a 45-minute bull prediction, and then the rest of us. It's not a good look for you, man. It's a great look. Honestly, I, yeah. Hey, did I not call it, though? Yes, actually, yeah, he nailed very, it. That's a very, I literally nailed it. That's he a good. That's it. That's like a good Adrian point. Green, I Andy Dalton will not be the quarterback anymore. You couldn't even nail that. AJ Green will not be back. Nailed I said that. Brian Finley would play. I think the one thing that I got wrong was that I said Jeff Driscoll would play, but he got cut and then played for the Detroit Lions, who I he think is actually, way better than Matt Stafford. Way better than David was play by, I did say AJ Green was going to play, but I did also say that Joe Mixon was going to have a bounce back second half of the year, which he did. Yeah, I mean, it oh, was boy, great prediction. So, yeah, we got a Mister Rogers story coming. Yeah. Up. This is all I envisioned, real quick. It's um, gonna be the L.A. Rams. It's like Craig tying his shoes for a half an hour talking about fantasy football. All right, we are top shelf fantasy. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay